We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome into the NBA front office show. Happy Monday, Monday, November 6th. And we've got plenty to talk about in the world of the NBA. I'm Trevor Lane. You can find me at Trevor underscore Lane over on X, joined by Keith Smith at Keith Smith NBA. Keith, welcome back. Should I say King Keith, who is <laughs> ruling over ASU over, over the weekend at your at your salary cap. What was it? A salary cap bonanza? Salary cap <laughs> seminar? What was the what, what, was, what was the title? It was technically a um, mock trade deadline. Ah, uh, okay. which, was what it really was. So what uh, Arizona State uh, University, their their law school, uh, they actually have a uh, sports business law um, component within their law school. They hosted uh, their first ever mock trade deadline competition. So uh, there was oh like well over 100 students from, I want to say it was like 40 or 45 different schools uh, there. And there was a bunch of uh, judges and uh, people who do media stuff like myself and Eric Pincus, uh, mm -hmm. Jeff Siegel, who works for Clutch Sports, was there. Uh, then a, a whole bunch of team personnel uh, came in and uh, met with the students and talked with the students. And then they did, for five hours, they did a mock trade deadline. Uh, where they they each um, they they had teams they came mostly in teams and they controlled uh, each of the teams uh, in the NBA and they for five hours like traded with each other and then they had to come and uh, make uh, a presentation justifying all their moves and why they did what they did and and uh, as the judges we all uh, graded them and rated them some cases very harshly on some of their moves and some of them we were like that's actually really interesting uh, it was a lot of fun. I had a blast. It was a, it was great. It was funny on my uh, flight out to Phoenix. Um, I would, no, it, it by by no means am I calling myself famous, but I was easily the third most famous uh, person on my plane. Uh, two rows behind me was John Hollinger uh, from oh. the Athletic, mm -hmm. and two rows in front of me, George Clinton from uh, uh, Parliament Funkadelic. Yeah, <laughs> so that's funny. <laughs> the, well, Crazy, so right? so that means though that that plane goes down. At least you're going to be the third guy mentioned. Yeah, that, that's in, it, on, right? Yeah, on the yeah. the news news yeah. articles, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, it sounds like that was that was a blast, and awesome. you got to you got to meet some really cool people. Now, I got to ask, was there like an ultimate winner of this? Mock yes, yes. Yeah. So we judged it, and there was a top three. 
mm-hmm. so they, they were judged on a number of different categories as far as their understanding of the salary cap, their understanding of teams. And the team that won was if you the say team Celtics, I'm going to say you're the biggest homer. It was the team that won was the team that represented the Los Angeles Lakers. Oh, uh, well done, so, Keith. I'm so proud yeah. of you. <laughs> it was not, I did not just judge it myself. There were, uh, you know, about probably 15 total judges, if I had to guess in that range. Um, but they, they crushed it. They, uh, the, the guys were from the, uh, Tulane law school, uh, uh-huh. who, who teamed up and they, they, they were all, when they entered the competition, if they entered as a team, um, in a team had to I believe it had to be three or more students uh, to be a team. They were then assigned randomly an NBA team. Uh, mm. So it was, it was cool. And there was a whole um, pre uh, round where they were tested on their salary cap knowledge that they were given resources to try to learn the salary cap uh, in advance and the trade rules and all those things. So it was great. I will say to their credit, Nobody came up with any wildly illegal trades or anything like that. That's good. There was no, That's surprising, you know, actually. Yeah, yeah, it was really cool. These uh, gave, gave me a lot of hope for the future. They they were you know just you know extremely bright uh, young uh, men and women uh, from all these different schools all over the country. Uh, you know, it, it was really really cool. Just a great event um, out there. So I'm I'm looking forward to going back next year already. It's going to be a blast. So it was a lot of fun. What did they do? The, the team that won, like what were the moves that they made that yeah, were, so, so, they're, that were they're, so set them apart, I guess? Yeah, their big move was they they kind of foreshadowing something. I think a lot of people who play with the trade machine have foreshadowed. They targeted and went and got Kyrie Irving, um, mm-hmm. which was kind of the way you would think. But they somehow in the discussions convinced Dallas to give them two pick swaps. And why they convinced them was as like protection in case like Kyrie – pulls a Kyrie and yeah. they needed something else. So that was the big one. But they wow. also, they, they used, um, I believe it was the, the Rockets had made another trade and ended up even more crowded in the front court. And they kind of snuck in at the end and they stole Tari Eason for Torian Prince wow. and, and two second round picks. So uh, they, they also did something else. I can't remember what it was. It was a smaller move, but they made a series of, of trades. They, they, um they kept kind of, doing moves where it's like, we'll send something out and then we'll, we'll bring something back. Like at one point they got Steph Curry in the trade with Kyrie Irving. And just so everybody knows, again, mock trade deadline, mock trade deadline. Um, they flipped <laughs> Seth Curry to the Celtics for a future second um, with that. So there, there was all kinds of things like that. So it was a lot of fun. Um, wow. There were, I want to say in the five hours, I, I'm i going to guess it was somewhere in the range of like 45 trades uh, that, that the student run teams made. And uh, there there were somewhere was a little like, eh, I don't like agree with your reasoning on this. But uh-huh. again, nothing was like, oh my gosh, like what were you doing right. um, with this? And a couple had reads on teams and players. And the cool thing was they were able to get feedback from actual NBA executives that were there um, from front offices. I, I want to say it was probably about, about eight to 10 teams were represented there and they were actually able to give them feedback on, okay, like tell me your, your thing. Cause they gave the presentation to us right. as an eight minute presentation, but then there was a, there was a big reception after, and a lot of them came up and were like, Hey, so what do you think about our trades? Um, you know, with that. So, 
tons and tons. I am not going to shout out everybody individually. Tons of front office show listeners, um, which was really cool. Um, you know, to, to hear how many people spend a lot of their day uh, watching us. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of them were, were like, "Can you yell on Friday?" And I was like, <laughs> "Yell in the middle of uh, you know the the event." But yeah, we, <laughs> they were asking Friday. for the front so, office Friday. Oh yell? yeah, and they wanted the front office Friday That's yell fantastic. on Friday. So that was fun. Uh, but yeah, it, it was really really cool. And then shout out, I I, I can't it, you know I actually now I don't think he gave me his name, but uh, Jeff and I were watching walking over to the event uh, on, on Friday morning for the first day. And we were walking over and it, it was early. It was like eight 30 in the morning. And this guy comes running up and taps me on the shoulder. He goes, Hey, front office show. I love the show. I listen every day. I instantly figured, Oh, he must be going to the event. And I was, and I was, I was like, you headed to the event. And he goes, no, what event? And he's like, and I was like, Oh, you're not here for the ASU thing. And he's like, no, man, I'm headed to work. And then he goes, where's Trevor? <laughs> I was like, Trevor's at home. <laughs> we, we, you know, despite the fact we spend a lot of time together, it's pretty much all virtual. <laughs> we, yeah, don't, that's right. we don't travel everywhere together. Las, Las Vegas, uh, the exception uh, this past summer, but I was, uh, I, it was just very funny. So shout out to him too. Thank, thanks for listening. But yeah, super cool. I uh, met some people, I think I already said at the Suns game that were listeners mm-hmm. uh, to the show and everything. So just, yeah, we're re- really great, great uh, week out, out in Arizona. Very cool. Very cool. Well, next, next year I'll come with you and we'll, uh, and is. we'll make a whole event out of it in, <laughs> uh, in Arizona. It'd be fun. Perfect. All right. Well, let's get into some NBA news here and talk about what's going on around the league. And I guess uh, first, this is kind of NBA adjacent, I suppose, but Steve Kerr is going to be stepping down as the coach of Team USA now after the Olympics. So, of course, everybody is trying to, to say they're going to play in the Olympics. I believe it was Tyrese Halliburton and somebody else just said it, too. Anthony, Tyrese Halliburton said him and Anthony Edwards both, both. want to play. Right. He kind of spoke on Edwards' behalf. This was uh, like earlier uh, last week, I believe it was. So you've got all of these guys coming out of the woodwork saying, we want to play, you know, you're Kevin Durant, LeBron, Anthony Davis, right? All these guys are saying, we want to play. So Steve Kerr, he's going to go through this next cycle here, go coach at the Olympics, and then he'll uh, he'll cede control of Team USA after that, and we'll enter a new a new era. Be interesting to see what the list looks like for who the next coach is. we got a long way to go, obviously, to get there and got to focus on the Olympics first. But, um, but Team USA is going to be looking for a new coach within, you know, after next summer. Yeah, a lot of the social media buzz early is uh, Eric Spolstra is like the name people keep throwing out there. Yeah, it was assistant for Kerr. He's uh, obviously one of the best coaches in the NBA, arguably the best coach in the NBA. So it would not be a surprise. Also, maybe has a little experience dealing with a whole lot of egos on one team at a time, which is a big part of being the Team USA coach as well. So, yeah, I I, I think it's, uh, you know, not unexpected that Steve Kerr was only going to do kind of the one cycle. And then he said to his experience when he was, cause I think he did some stuff with coach K and then he did it obviously with pop was that was when they were asking players to commit to the multiple year cycle. Mm-hmm. And he said, if we're not going to you know continue with that, it makes sense to, to let uh, new coaches get this opportunity. Also for Steve Kerr, this is, He's consistently been a coach of a team that has made long runs uh, in the playoffs is, you know, now then you run that into the summer. So it just starts to be giving up an awful lot of time all at once. So I kind of get why he was, you know, probably saying, all right, I've done my, my time here. It's time to move on. Yep. Yeah. It it makes sense uh, that Steve Kerr would decide that he's, uh, 
he's going to move on from here. But hopefully, obviously, he can do it going out a, mm -hmm. with some Olympic gold around his yeah. neck. He better, because otherwise I'm going to be angry preemptively right now right. for next summer. Yeah, you can't bring all the guys. You yeah. can't have everybody saying, I'm in, and not come home with gold. Yeah. Can't do it. I, I've said it before, I think, on the show. Go over there and destroy everybody by 50. I have mm -hmm. no problem with that. Like I, Absolutely. That, that's what I want to see. I, I will be an ugly American when it comes to rooting on Team USA. I think that's I think that's reasonable, Keith. I think that's reasonable. Um, we've got uh, JRE going to the Pels on, on a two-way deal. We were wondering where he would wind up. We were wondering which team he would ultimately wind up with, but the Pelicans are going to pick him up on a two-way deal. You know, a player who still has, I think, some some value here. A guy who could bring you something out there on the on the wing, but uh, but the Pelicans are the team that ultimately are going to take a chance, and it makes sense given you know kind of the the injuries that they've had on the wing. Yeah, I think for Jeremiah Robinson Earl had such a good rookie season that was so promising. And then his second season was really just he, he got an injury. I think he had an ankle injury, if I remember that correctly, very early. And it just kind of wrecked his season last year. And then it just everything became a mess for him and he never really looked the same guy. So hopefully you can find that back. You're absolutely right. The Pelicans already dealing with a whole bunch of injuries. We're going to get into another major one for them in mm -hmm. a minute here, but yeah, this is, seems like we need somebody with maybe a little more experience. And my guess is this probably came with some conversation around, Hey, we have an open roster spot, but we're also over the luxury tax. They will make a deal barring outside of them being like, yeah, we're title contenders um, outside of being in that position, they will make a deal to dodge the tax. It just doesn't make sense to pay the tax. If you don't need to, they, they are, I believe one of two or maybe the only uh, franchise that's never paid the tax um, in their history. So would not be a surprise at all if they make a deal. And then it might be one of those where all right, we've shed enough money. Now we can convert you to a standard contract. Uh, that's prorated at the minimum and not get back into the tax. I would not be surprised if there were some already pre-discussions had about that. Yeah. And that's why he was willing to sign on on a two-way versus waiting uh, a little while for something to open up for him somewhere else. So, you know, good for him. Good, good for him to catch on there. Yeah, absolutely. All right. You mentioned the other big injury, CJ McCollum dealing with a collapsed lung. Second um, time. My goodness. I mean, that's, first of all, that sounds insanely painful, but, uh, but this is, this is something where we don't know how long it's not. They don't know yet until they really get in there and figure out exactly what's going on. We don't know how long CJ McCollum may be out. Hopefully this isn't a lengthy absence, but again, it's right now, everything is up in the air, but um, obviously that's a, that's a pretty serious injury to a, a very key piece for the Pelicans here. Yeah. Big time. And I believe it was Jeff Stotts. I'm trying to find it. Yes. He said, um, it, it related to this. Uh, I previously discussed pneumothorax injuries in the NBA in December 2021 when McCollum oddly suffered the same injury. He missed 18 games uh, mm. when that happened. That was when he was still with the Trailblazers. Um, if I remember correctly, he he under he had that uh, same thing at a collapsed lung. So you know, hopefully he seems to be in good spirits. I don't know if you saw uh, one of those aggregation accounts. 
put up mm-hmm. a picture of him and he's like, it kind of looks like he's almost doing like one of the like, love you guys, like uh, chest pounds, <laughs> but it's the picture of him. And it looks like he's like holding his chest. I think just the, where they snagged the picture was yeah. while he was in the middle of something. And CJ McCollum quote tweeted that with what a picture to, to use while you know sharing the news or whatever it was <laughs> or like that. So hopefully, you know, he's in good spirits and doing hopefully. okay uh, with that. But yeah, you know, scary for, for him that it's a second time with this, mm-hmm. you know, hopefully it's not a sign of, you know, a bigger problem or anything, right. but he made it back to play and play really, really well after. So no reason to doubt, but it, my, my guess is, yeah, probably we're, we're probably in the range of, you know, at least a month's worth of missed, missed games here for, for CJ McCollum. And that Pelicans team is, you know, they're dealing with it right now. They've yeah. got, uh, you know, Jose Alvarado hasn't played yet. Najee Marshall, Trey Murphy, those guys are all out. Brandon Ingram uh, missed a game or two the, the other day. So it's like every year you look at it, it's like, man, I kind of like the talent there. And it it just doesn't seem to ever fully come together. And that makes me wonder, at what point as a front office do you look at it and say, we got to do something just to get guys in here just to play you don't make a trade just to make a trade but we need some guys who we can feel confident aren't going to miss time yeah. you know and, and they'll be on the court and that, that, that's tough because the the talent mix looks really really good but it just doesn't matter if they're not out on the floor and we're going to take a peek at the at both conferences in just a few minutes here we're going to look at the standings and you know like we've been saying it's it's super early and there's all kinds of of mobility up and down in the standings and all that by no means is anything set in stone but it's far, very far from it right now things are very fluid but um in the west i believe the table is ultimately going to be set by injuries that's what's going to determine who goes where this season because i think there's a lot of parity in the western conference and so you're, you're going to have a few teams that that emerge from the pack and just play at a higher level you have some teams who underperform but when i look at the bulk of the west i think injuries are going to go a long way to determine the ultimate slotting for for the postseason and so this is another tough blow for a, for a pelican side that's already dealing with uh, like you said quite a few injuries right now yeah absolutely yeah and and, and we'll, we'll we'll probably talk more about it when we get into yes. the actual standings Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Josh Primo gets a full NBA contract with the Clippers. So off of a, a two-way deal, um, Clippers obviously sent out a lot of pieces in the, in the James Harden trade. And so this gives them the room to bring up Josh Primo to a, to a full contract. I don't know, like, I'm not expecting him to get major minutes, but always good to have, you know, extra, extra play, extra bodies there. And obviously we know he's, he's coming back from some stuff too. Yeah, it was noted uh, in the 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 uh, uh, report from Sham Sharania that he's been in therapy and he's working through these issues that cost him his job uh, with the Spurs uh, there, which you know, including him uh, reportedly multiple times exposing himself to members of the female members of the Spurs uh, staff in San Antonio, and that was one of those ones when he immediately got waved. We're like, uh oh. Something bad mm-hmm. happened here because this just doesn't go down like this. But we hope he gets himself right and can get his career back on track. He was a guy with a lot of potential uh, there. So part of the deal for the Clippers was they were down to 13 players. You can only be at 13 players for up to two weeks at a time. 13 mm-hmm. players on standard contracts. I should be sure about that. Right. So. That that's something that they they just they've got to get through. And uh, you you had two weeks to add a player. You only have twenty eight total days that you can be under the roster maximum. So so they're they're kind of go, going through that. So yeah, 
they're they're there now and they, they should be uh you know back up to speed here now with this and then they'll probably sit on that open roster spot until we get into buyout season and then yep. xavier moon is going to replace primo on a two-way he's a guy who's kind of bounced on and off the clippers roster for the last couple of years good player he's just he is a uh like extremely confident shooter scorer type who is just very small he's only like you know, barely over six feet. So he's mm-hmm. very much trapped in a point guard's body, but a, you know, big time score at the G league level. And he's one of those guys. He's like, I always say they're like four a players in baseball. They're right. too good for the minors, but not quite good enough to crack it in the NBA, but on a two way, he should be okay. All right. Then I guess really the big story, James Harden will be making his debut tonight for yeah. the Clippers. They're on the road. Uh, Keith, off the top of my head, I think they're in New York, right? They're playing, York, the, Knicks. Yep, they're playing yeah, the Knicks so- tonight. So there's that, uh, James Harden making his debut, and we'll see what that looks like. Really curious to see how they spread the ball around, who's got initiator responsibilities. Is the ball in James Harden's hand a lot? Is it is it Russ? Is it Kawhi? Is it Paul George? What exactly does that look like? And they're going to have some time to try to figure that out. But from the get-go, what, if, what are their initial thoughts in terms of role, in terms of who's who's got the ball at any given moment? Yeah. That's going to be something to keep an eye on with this Clippers team. And then... Um, what about defense? What is what does that look like? Can they can they still can you put all four of those guys on the floor and have a competent defense that can do something to slow down the next or will they have all four on the floor at the same time? Do you just start all four guys? I don't know. That'll be interesting too. Yeah, it sounds like Ty Lue said at some point over the last few days he is going to start uh Harden with Westbrook as kind of the backcourt and then they kind of go from there. I think the the thing is a lot of people instantly went to you know why is he not starting you know why is he not starting Terrence Mann and this is a bad idea and all those mm-hmm. kind of things well Terrence Mann is hurt so Terrence yeah, right. Mann is not going to be be available just yet so so they're in a spot where yeah it makes sense that they're going to be with um with uh you know Harden starting defensively I think you're going to see a lot of switching and Harden has been at his best in recent years, defending bigger players because he is pretty strong and he can hold his position. And then his lack of foot speed and lack of effort, if we'll call it that out on the (laughs) perimeter, isn't quite as exposed. So I think you'll see him. I wouldn't be surprised if he's like checking Julius Randle. Uh, quite a bit eh, in the course of this game because that's something he's actually done fairly well over the years. So uh, I'm very interested to watch all of this come together. And, you know, as much as who starts, who closes games for these guys, like you said, who's on the floor at the end, you know, that's going to be a big question too. So it's, but some of that's not going to be known until Terrence Mann is back and, you know, fully in in swing. All right, let's uh, finish up today by taking a peek at the current standings. Let's look at the way things sit right now. Starting with the Eastern Conference, Keith, we know that some of what, actually a lot of what we're going to be looking at is the the noise of a small sample size. Mm-hmm. But nonetheless, you got to be feeling pretty good. Your Celtics 5-0 and oh and a plus 18.4 point differential. That That's absurd. 18.4. Again, they will not finish the season quite, <laughs> yeah. quite that high. That would be that would be insane. But, yeah. um, but Celtics looking really good. Home, road, doesn't matter. They're just winning. Yeah, if they do that, I'll I will come on the show and like dye my hair green and I don't know, green body paint all over and you know, in a speedo or whatever else people want to see or Whoa. not see. I'll, I'll go, I'll go absolutely bonkers. That's how confident I am. They will not finish with an 18.4 uh scoring differential. We went from uh, a PG to a PG 13 yeah, right real is. fast there, Keith. Yeah, yeah, we did. 
Um, <laughs> it's, you know, but it's, uh, yeah, I mean, they're off to a great start. You know, there's, you know, they, the thing that's most encouraging to me is this team last season had a habit of playing down to opponents that they should be. Mm-hmm. And they played the Indiana Pacers last week in a game where Tyrese Halberton sat out because he had picked up an injury the game before and they destroyed them. They beat, I think the, they beat them by 51 points or something mm-hmm. like that. Uh, they also played a um, Nets team that you know, played them kind of tough. They played the Wizards uh, who aren't very good and they destroyed the Wizards too. So so those are the encouraging signs um, with, with the Celtics is they're not playing down. They will. They're going to lose a game that's a bad loss at some point everybody has you know a handful of those there's the old saying is in the nba there's like you know five to eight games where nothing goes right no matter what you do there's five to eight games where nothing goes wrong and then it's where your season is made is everything in the middle it's what you do on the the games in the middle so yeah you know but um yeah obviously i'm you know very excited that they're five and oh and looks so good uh with that the other teams i think have been fun out of the gate Orlando, you know, yeah, four and two. Four and two. Uh, yep. I promise I'm not doing this because I know they beat the Lakers uh, the other day. Anthony Black's defense in that game. I mean, fantastic. he had Angelo Russell in jail. And it was, that was, that was really exciting for, for Magic fans. He, you know, I, I, it's, he's just going to have to make enough shots to really become what you want him to be. But his defensive ability, his playmaking, especially at his size, is super exciting there. And that was you know shorthanded win for the Magic, and that's you know that's big when they can get wins over good teams when they're down players like that. That's that's a huge thing for them. Yeah, and it's it's worth noting it was an extremely shorthanded Lakers team as well. Yeah. They had they had eight players um, for that game, uh, but that said. The Magic came out there, and again, I cover this a bunch for Lakers Nation, but the Magic came out there and just out-competed the Lakers. Yeah. The Lakers looked like they didn't want to be on the floor. And and the Magic just went out there and just beat them to everything, every loose ball, every off. They had 19 offensive rebounds in the game. It was it was impressive seeing the Magic go out there and, and just outwork an opponent, particularly mm-hmm. when, like you said, the Magic had every excuse to say, hey, we're down players too, yeah. you know, we can – uh, maybe we're not going to go out here and, and really take it to you, but they they showed up full of energy and ready to go, and they were they were excellent. Um, I, I thought to just with that one game too. I watched it on the plane, um, yeah. and I hadn't gotten deep into the box score. I knew Orlando had won, but I hadn't really gotten into the box score. And then when I sat down and looked at it later, when I was home yesterday, I one of the weirdest impact versus stats games I've ever seen from Anthony Davis because his yeah. stat line if you don't look at the plus minus looks amazing looked yeah. like he played great but if you actually watch the game it was like he wasn't good like for I know he had like seven blocks but yeah. there were times when it was just guys were blown by him like he was you know a traffic cone and it was it was just a very weird game with that where it's like stat line you know and I think I tweeted something like stat line doesn't always equal impact you know, that, that was it. But yeah, it was, you know, anytime the magic are beating a team, that's one of the better teams in the league. It's a good win. And if they do it, you know, under, you know, fairly even circumstances with mm-hmm. players out on both sides, so much the better for them. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, any other surprises in the Eastern conference, something that jumps out to me, it's, I mean, the Knicks sitting at two and four right now, the heat sitting at two and four currently, again, we're, 
deep into small sample yeah. size territory here. Yeah, right? We're still games, so. above 500. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But those teams sitting below right now is maybe a little bit of a surprise. Uh, the Sixers without James Harden sitting at mm-hmm. four and one and having a point differential of plus 12.2. Um, Tyrese Maxey. Oh my goodness. He's oh, been yeah. unleashed. Like he is, I would have to say the heavy front runner at this point for again, long way to go, but for most improved, he's been, been absolutely fantastic. Um, so the Sixers sitting at four and one right now have been been really impressive as well. Any, anything else that really jumps out at you from the East before we move on to the West? Yeah, I'm, w- I'm with you on all of those. I, I think, you know, this is the, the Bucks mm. when they've lost, have looked uh, really bad. Their defense. You know, yeah, their defense, that's yikes. Yeah, they've got a lot of things starting out there. And I'm not so sure I agree with bringing Brooke Lopez up to the level of the ball as often as they are. I don't think that's a thing that is going to work. And I don't think you're making the best use of his skills there. So, but that's part of, you know, the new coach wants to implement his style uh, and Adrian Griffin. And then there's going to be some of, all right, I got to go with some of what we know works here, but yeah, but they'll be fine. You know, they'll, 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 uh, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll figure it all out. But when they have lost, they just haven't looked very, very good. And then, you know, Washington one and four, I think that's to, to be expected. Yes. Hornets have been a little more competitive than I thought too. Sure. So two and four. Yeah, they're two and four, the- but they've played mostly close games. All right, let's take a look at the Western Conference. Uh, finally, no no winless teams in the NBA. Yeah. The Memphis Grizzlies picked up a win against the Blazers last night after they played two games in a row against the Blazers, lost the first one. Um, they are now one and six. Uh, looking at the West. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's kind of what we thought with the exception <laughs> of, right? I mean, just all these teams that are yep. all kind of right around each other in terms of, of standings with the exception maybe of Phoenix. And they've been dealing with a lot of injuries. Uh, Bradley Beal yet to play for the Suns. Uh, Devin yeah. Booker's been in and out with injuries. But the Suns sitting at three and four may be a little bit of a surprise. But once again, some, some major injuries there. And then the Kings sitting at, at two and three. This was a, a very clear playoff team in the West last season. So maybe a little surprising that the Kings are sitting down there at just two and three right now. Yeah. And I think you get the, the Kings out of that range, right? Maybe the, the Spurs dropped, I think down in there eventually we'll see. I mean, if one Binyama is, you know, everything he's been so far, then the Spurs are probably going to be pretty good. Dallas five and one start. That's really encouraging for them. uh, Considering Mm -hmm. they were, 
they were not a very good team uh, for a long chunk of last year. And I realized they punted at the yeah. end of the season, but they went through some stuff at the end of last year with that. In Memphis, good that they get the win. I was asked, I do a, you know, I know you've talked with the guys in Memphis too yeah. um, quite often. I do a weekly radio spot in Memphis. And one of the things they said is, all right, we're at the time they were 0 5. And they said, what, what should be the goal now when John Morant gets back after the 25 game suspension? And I said, really, ideally, you want to be like 10 and 15, like go 10 and 10 the rest of the way. And you're you're probably okay because that puts you in range of being able to you know push through and get get after it. I said, but yeah, you start falling. You know, if by the time you get back, you're like eight and seventeen or something like that. I know it's only a two game difference, but that's tough. I mean, that's going to be hard. You're then you're fighting to get into the play in. And and I'm again, I'm not picking on the Lakers, but you know what that does. That yeah, means. Yep. You, you have to go hard the whole stretch run. And that just takes a lot out of a team. It's, you know, you're kind of almost capping what your upside is on the season with that. But yeah, it's, been, it's, you know, it's still early, like we said, but we just wanted to pop around a little bit mm-hmm. and talk about some teams and, you know, the, the, that, that stuff. And we'll try to do this probably what every couple of weeks. We'll, yeah. We'll, I mean, I was thinking we we're most teams are at either five or six games played. I yeah. figured we'd check it again at, at 10 game. 10 games 10 game. is usually yeah. a, a marker yeah. where I check in on team. Then here's yeah. where we're at and everything. So, uh, again, before anybody overreacts to any of the standings for it, for anybody really, <laughs> yeah. Six games, think of it's an 82 game season, right? There's nothing. Sometimes, Keith, I noticed this just in, in terms of, and this could be true of media too, but especially of, of fans, it's the narratives that get set early in the season. They linger past sometimes the point mm-hmm. where they're actually true. Um, yeah. And so we just got to be careful with that. When we look at, oh, this team's playing well right now, this team's playing poorly, there's still so much time for all this stuff to change. So just keep that in mind. Like, whoever, what we're seeing right now, doesn't mean this is what it's going to be for the entirety of of the season. We got a long, yeah. long way to go, and that's why we're gonna we're gonna check in every once in a while and just kind of update on where everybody's at, what's been going on, because I think it's important that we that we understand the the journey itself and and the changes that can take place during that journey, and not just this is what a team is. Period. From from now until the end of time. Yeah, exactly, and it's it's the same thing with players too, right? Especially. Uh-huh players in new spots or rookies like no nobody know we don't know anything yet right there's there's a long time before we're going to know a lot of stuff and that's why even with guys who are new into the league most teams use a it's like you don't know until you're going into year four you know you've got to get three good years under your belt before you really know you know what these guys are going to be and that's good and bad some guys look great out of the gate some guys look really bad like you know this time a year ago and then to your point, carried a lot longer than it should have. People were saying Keegan Murray is terrible and wasn't going right. to be good. And that carried long after Keegan Murray was actually playing pretty well for the Kings. I just think people gave up, right? And they stopped looking, you stopped checking in. And then all of a sudden it's like, wait, this dude's playing and playing well in the playoffs? Yeah, yeah. because he played well for the last like 40 games of the season. You just stopped paying attention. But yeah, we'll, we'll try to do these check-ins every so often and, and get to it on the, especially on the days where there's not 9 million things going on, uh, other stuff to talk about, but. Exactly. Well, and usually there is because it's the yeah. NBA and, and we certainly love <laughs> they, it. Um, they don't leave right, us short on content. That's, that is true. That is true. Uh, last thing on this, just, you know, the longest winning streak right now, it is of course your Celtics because they haven't lost. So, sure. so they are five and oh, and I'm looking the longest losing streak. It is the Detroit Pistons who have lost their last four currently. We'll check in on that yeah. again. Um, 
we'll hit the 10-ish game mark or so, and we'll see what the streaks are looking like at that point. And I'll add one other thing, too. Uh-huh. It's a weird week in the NBA this week. There's 12 games today. Uh, also odd, the latest game tips at 9 o'clock Eastern. So I'm not hmm. complaining because that means you can get to bed at a reasonable hour. But uh, but a busy night tonight. No games tomorrow on Tuesday. It's Election Day. So the NBA t- takes that day off now. That was uh, one of the initiatives that kind of came out of the pandemic and mm-hmm. the bubble season and all that. Then a 14-game slate on Wednesday. So everybody in action except for two teams. And then only two games on Thursday, uh, one of which is Magic and Hawks in the uh, Mexico City game. Uh, that is the the late games. And then we go back to nine games on Friday, and that is uh, in-season tournament night number two. So I'm, I'm really excited. I did not get to watch the full of the in-season tournament on the first night because I was at the event um, that I was at this past week. So I'm really mm-hmm. excited to sit down and have my eyes and retinas burned by these courts and everything else. Okay, so I, I got to admit, I, I went on a little mini rant over on Lakers Nation about that. What's without hearing my opinion? What was your opinion? You mentioned your retinas being burned. What was your opinion of the floor? Well, them were way too much. Yes, way too much. the Bulls. Yes. Floor, okay, 100%. Um, my my issue, and I saw this on social media, was the number of people who are like, "Hey, I'm colorblind," or "I'm you know this oh, color, like I'm red." I hadn't thought of that. And a lot of people are like, I can't, like, I, I couldn't watch the game. I had to shut it off because it just, I could not follow what was going on. Did you see the Grant Williams Mavericks thing? No, I didn't. So the, in the, I think it was Dallas Denver. Don't, don't quote me on that, but I know it was the in season tournament game. Uh-huh. He was warming up and he was leaving every shot short. And he's like, something's wrong. Like this was in shoot around, I believe. And he's like, something's wrong. He's like, when I miss, I miss long. And I can say as somebody watched the first four years of his career, that tends to be true. And he said, I'm leaving every shot short. And he was insistent that they measure it. The three-point line was a foot off. Um, So they had to to like scrape it and repaint it. And you could see it on the close-ups on the court. That oh my they, gosh. They, the three point line was off. So, yeah. So, just, you know, weird stuff like that. I know one of the, I think it was the Pacers court. There was a spot that the players were saying was slippery. Um, uh-huh. was slick um, with that. So, yeah, it's, I, I get it. I get why they did it. I think you could have done just the kind of the runway part That's of it. That's exactly what I you said. Know, but the rest is, yeah, it was God. too much. But, but we'll, we'll see. You know, <laughs> we, yeah. we are, we are so <laughs> of one mind on something because that was exactly. What I said was you could have just done the stripe down the middle and everybody yeah. still flipping channels would have went, whoa, wait, what? Something yeah, big is exactly. happening. What? Yeah. What is going on? Why does the court yeah. look different? Because that's really what the NBA wants. They want yeah. you to stop and go, oh, what's different? Oh, yeah, it's what's the tournament changed, you know? night. And then, yeah. yeah. But I, my brief, and I ranted about it over on Lakers Nation, my brief take is I thought that, I, I think that the NBA has some of the best athletes in the world. They're playing basketball at the highest level. And you don't want to do anything to distract or take away from that. And that's exactly what they did. They took the focus away from the players on the floor. That said, I'm not going to lose my mind. It's only, you know, four nights of the, you're not four nights, but four games worth of this. Each team's only going to use these twice, maybe a third time if they make it into the quarterfinal knockout round. So I don't, I, you know, as long as nobody gets hurt and that, you know, and as long as the games are being, 
played under the right <laughs> dimensions, then I'm okay with it. But yeah, it's it's funny. But that's why that guy in Arizona, I guess, thought you you were just there with me somewhere, and you 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 were just lagging behind because apparently we 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 should just they, that that they, at least we have an afterlife plan when our families get tired of us. We'll just we'll we'll get a place together and hang out, and there just, it is. Uh, be and we'll just talk basketball all day. Yep. Yep. <laughs> we'll grow old together in our rocking chairs, complaining about the color of basketball courts. Com complaining about basketball courts <laughs> and uh, and anything else that uh, that, that we can. Yeah, um, whipper snappers. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Get off my lawn. Get yep. off my lawn. All right. Well, <laughs> let's wrap things up there. Thank you, everybody, for joining us again. Make sure you do subscribe to the NBA Front Office Show uh, over on YouTube, as well as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. Till next time, everybody. See ya and stay safe. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.